0: Hey there, rugby fans. Welcome to another great episode of the Rugby Rant. Here is your team, Ty Braga, Rob Hammerschmidt, Scott Ferrara, and joining us here to be able to tackle these boys, to put them to the test in our rugby debate episode, is Aminta Gunkel. Aminta, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it is a pleasure to have a great OGDC supporter. I don't think we've uh, had one for quite some time. The last one actually was John Fisser. That's right and uh, yep. he also represented them fairly well. Let's see if you can uh, fill that void and take on these gentlemen here in the rugby debate where we ask our guests, if you're not familiar, to battle it out with the topics at hand that have been chosen by you as the fan on the MLR Fan Zone. And the topic this week, what came to the top was to learn more about our insights, our thoughts, when we introduced the new – mlr trialed rugby laws what they mean which one's good which one do we think needs work and we're going to find out from everybody on screen here what their thoughts are in the first round so once again if you are tuning in for the first time i remind you that each of our players here today have two minutes to be able to rant about the topic at hand should they go over their time they will be awarded the yellow which is you know is your first warning should they continue to abuse that time clock yes rob that's right we also call it the, the cheese. cheese how can i forget given to us by tj Olson. now more importantly what happens if you go over your time again well there's also going to be the red. Although this has a slight variation given the theme of the topic and the new MLR laws, I guess we have to be able to say uh they come back after two minutes, right? <laughs> what's 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 the what's the penalty here, boys? And
2: uh, yeah, they, they're, they, they're off screen say. for two minutes. Yeah, they're off screen for two minutes and then we bring them back.
0: And the man with the power on this occasion is Rob Hammerschmidt, who will easily remove you from screen if you get that red and you'll come back. After two minutes, now it's good to know I can't gentlemen. be
3: removed, Ty. What's that? I said it's good to know that I can't be removed. Oh yeah, <laughs> perhaps so. There will be no wine, wine with my cheese, big guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that, Rob. You know, it's funny. I was looking at I was looking at Ty, and it reminded me, friend of the show. You know, um, Wendy Young was actually on camera for a little bit. She was helping the officials on the sidelines at, at the right. Houston match, and Ty is wearing the same zip up from the rugby shop is her that's a sweet friggin' yeah. zip up and uh, you know you go to, yeah yeah. To you.
0: sorry you continue man yeah no. <laughs> <Floor is laughs> yours.
2: yeah no problem you know you go to the rugby shop.com not only for the mlr merch that ty is wearing but sweet pieces of like oh, this hat i love it rugby manitoba it has this awesome bison on it um it's one of the pieces at the rugby shop.com um, has that's club related. They do a lot of club specific stuff, not just the MLR stuff. So if it's all, it's almost spring season people. So you want to have those um, customized kits. You want to have those awesome cleats as Rob's son, Preston was talking about the Lindenwood shorts that the Lindenwood uh, university team uh, picked up with the, those pockets they all love. You know, you can get all that at the rugby shop.com. They treat you just like they treat Lindenwood, just like they treat the D one clubs. Um, they know what they're doing. They're, greatly priced and they can pretty much customize anything um so please check them out at the rugby shop.com i mean even the mlr referees are wearing their gear right now
0: <laughs> so yeah thank you for that uh scott and uh it is important to be here to remind everybody about those great supporters that we have of the show and again let's uh dive into what's most important is to be able to talk more about major league rugby and it is exciting because the first weekend is finally here rugby is back but we have a different version of it that we thought we had a week ago (laughs) so we're here to talk about these new rugby laws because it suddenly came out of nowhere uh you know i think it was two or three days before the first game was played the announcement came out and we were trialing new laws now this is not uncommon if you're a rugby fan and you watch games abroad you will know that laws are constantly being tested before they are adopted across all the leagues so MLR has partnered with Advantage Refereeing to be able to trial these new laws, but we're here to be able to talk about them, ones we like, ones we don't like, and why we do and why we don't. And the first person up to tell us what they think is Aminta, the floor is yours.
1: Thank you, Ty. So I really want to talk about the red card law, the new red card law. I think that it actually is... A really good thing. Um, obviously, if players do an offense that is going to get them a red card, it's obviously probably pretty horrible and pretty dangerous. And I feel like the 20 minutes is enough punishment. With 14 men down, you're always going to have the overlap. You're, it's always going to be there. And for a lot of teams, just they can't do the fitness for the full 80 if, say, the red card happens in the first 10, 20 minutes. And so I just – I feel like that gives them a chance to not redeem them, but it gives them an opportunity to not just completely be – It it
0: still keeps it a competitive game, right?
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but it still punishes the team, right? 20 minutes, that's a long time with only 14 men. Um, right.
0: Especially if you're a prop. <laughs> what are you yeah. trying to
2: say? <laughs>
1: um, the, the other one that I really don't like, that I don't feel like there's any basis for, is the try law where you score mm-hmm. a try in between the posts and you get an automatic seven points. The guys who charge down, like, they don't even get a shot to try to charge down a kick. Those kicks are not gimmies. There is wind in Las Vegas, as we saw in the first game. There are, there's pressure on them to do the kick. Yeah. I just feel like it's, there's no basis for it. What does it do?
0: Right, and so let's rewind a little bit. Your first point was to be able to talk about the red card. Now, this one has been debated, Rob, Scott, help me here, for probably more than a year, maybe years, right? Yeah. In different versions of the conversation, in different leagues across the globe, this is not new, people. This is something that you've spoken about. Right, and and, so, so here it is. It's founded in something that is most important is to keep rugby competitive, right? As I meant to point it out, you're 20 minutes down, maybe five minutes, sorry, you're a red card down, a person down, five minutes into the game. We've all seen it. We, you know, we've all seen the memes about how uh, the Welsh have you know, the red card uh, in their favor. <laughs> <laughs> but more importantly, uh, it does change the game and it doesn't change it for the better. And so people will argue, well, this is the deterrent. This is the punishment as a result, but who are you punishing? Are you punishing the player or the team for one man's actions? So I guess with this in mind, uh, you know, it, it, it you reframe the conversation a little bit differently, but I like it. I do agree with you. I think that the 20 minute rule is great and plenty enough time where that penalty has made enough of an impact on the game, but the team doesn't have to continue being punished. And the second half of that is after that 20 minutes, a player does that same player doesn't return to the field. You have the ability to replace that player with somebody else, so that pam- that player is still the offending player is still penalized, and he will not return to the game. The second part of that you spoke about was the under the post seven points. If you put it down, um, you know, within the the, the 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 same space going back from the uh, front to the back of the tri zone area, in zone area, whatever you want to call it, uh, it would be an automatic seven. Uh, you know what? I'm going to ask uh, 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 Scott to be able to tell us what he thinks about that one first. Just a quick answer, and then spring into your two minutes. Let it start now.
2: All right. Well, for that one, real quick, I'm not. I'm not so sure I like it. But let's get into something I do like. Uh, let's get hot, baby. uh What I do like <laughs> is the actual kick timer. So it's it's something that's going to speed up the game a little bit. And as we know, 10s um, tens, tens like to get a little cheeky with setting up their kick. Um, and so, so the way it works is a try is awarded, and the referee, this is, this is from two separate sources, the referee is supposed to say the kick time starts now, and then that's when they start the kick clock, and they have 60 seconds from when the referee says that phrase. And, that, again, that official time is kept on the field. Um, so as we know, cheeky 10s, the trainer kind of lollygags out there with the with the, the thing. He sets the, he sets the ball. He looks at the post. He sets the ball. He looks at the post. He sets the ball. He looks at the post. Finally, it's like, okay. He takes his 18 steps back. He looks at the post. Like the post fucking moved or something. Take he looks at the ball again. Like the ball moved. <laughs> yeah. You know, he checks the wind. He's like... <laughs> you know, and then finally he kicks the ball, but I like to speed them up. I like the restart because it kind of gives the momentum uh, to keep going. What I don't like is the scrum reset rule. So the scrum reset rule is after um, the, the first scrum is set, you only get a reset after that. And then what happens is the referee can decide one, if it's a free kick or two, if it's a penalty. And the reason I don't like that is because I do believe it will hinder teams that have a great scrum. Right. Um, so it happened for Toronto. So for the example is Toronto. And I know we, I've spoke about it with Doug Wilkie. They were in a position where their scrummage was really good. Um, twice it got it got reset and because they didn't have the ability to do another scrum they had to take the free kick and then they lost the possession and really the scrum is what was keeping them going so they kind of got hindered on that possession and that could happen to a lot of teams and it shouldn't hinder what you're good at right absolutely so i'm going to stick on that point for just
0: a moment because i really do think it's important and i want folks to be able to recognize what we're really discussing here so the lore about the Scrum Reset was initially designed to be able to help the game become more quick, right? To be able to reduce the time-wasting opportunities that players have in the past exploited to their advantage, whether it be to be able to catch their breath or to be able to slow the clock because they are only got to run out two minutes before the game's done, right? So this is a tool that's been used in their arsenal whether it be used for good uh, or bad, it's, it depends on how you as a team have decided to use that ability. So the very same thing will form eventually with this new set of rules. But what it has done and why I personally don't enjoy the new Scrum rule in one part is because, as Scott had pointed out, if this is one of the tools you have in your arsenal, if this is one of the great weapons that you have uh, to be able to use against your opposing teams that your scrums just absolutely dominate, why are you being restricted to use that? Right? So if you consistently will find yourself in positions five meters out, and here's the scenario, just to consider, you're five meters out from the line, collapse scrum, reset, collapse scrum. Free kick or penalty. Well, no, my scrum is strong enough. If I set the scrum again because I want to choose to, I can push them over and I can now draw five points from this more easily because I'm using my strengths, right? Does that ability still exist? Can I make that choice? I personally don't know the answer to that. Scott, can you offer
2: further clarity? Yeah, no, it's it's you're you're not allowed to ask for a scrum, but here's the thing: you can always quick tap, and I think, you know. You have to. You have that ability, and, and they're going to realize that in the next couple of weeks. Um, sure, but I mean, I, if I click tap, I'm still got 15 guys in front of me. I haven't sucked in. Yeah, eight. but here's. Yeah, but you know what? You you retain possession. You know, it's not mm-hmm. it's not the free kick to the line out. And to be honest, if the referee, as we know, referees aren't the the most consistent in scrummaging um penalties so if you don't get the opportunity to get the penalty to kick for goal to get those points you know you're limited into kicking like we said kicking for touch on the free kick or a quick tap right and the, it seems though the quick tap would be your best option because your best option on the scrum isn't available to you so i suppose that's the motivation is though is to encourage teams to be able to choose
0: a faster option and to continue play um so in that part yes i do agree that rugby in many forms of the game has become slow because of reset after reset after reset Mm -hmm. so they definitely and i totally agree
2: yeah yeah no i and i totally agree with that i think they have to find a different way to to do this one maybe it's a scrummaging clock where you have 15 seconds to start the scrummage and then after the third one the, the the second reset we go to this you know what i mean Right, and you know, so this
0: is why these are being trialed, and and will be continued to be tested throughout the season. Its true impact will only be noted come later in the season, right? Where more traditional teams have uh, who have had success in that area might feel like they've been hard done by, it. but teams like OGDc who actually last season had the worst scrum uh, record, uh, more recently. Obviously brought in some help from Callum Giddens, uh to boost it and did very well in this last game against NOLA. And speaking about NOLA, it's best we hand it over to their number one fan, Rob Hammerschmidt, to hear what he has to say.
3: Go gold, baby. First of all, here's my big criticism that they rolled these out the day before we're to start You know, this regular season play. Uh, This should have been something implemented during the preseason. Granted, there wasn't a lot of preseason games to play, but at least it gave teams an opportunity to practice and an opportunity to apply and think about how they're going to use some of these uh, law changes. Uh, So first, let me speak to the scrum resets. I agree with Scott. I agree with Ty. Uh, It puts the better scrummaging team at a disadvantage. So I propose an actual tweak. My tweak would be allow them to a scrum reset, but they get to advance their scrum five or 10 meters more forward. Right. And what this would force uh, uh, the the opposing team to do is really try to batten down their scrum because they know they're going to put themselves into a position which a kick, especially, you know, you're if if you're, you know, on either side of the 50 is going to put them in a better position to actually uh, get three points. Right. And it also gets them in a better position. And we're now. You know, you give away another penalty in the next scrum, you're going to be putting yourself on your back foot because they are going to be able to put it in the corner a little bit more easily instead of for that rolling mall that Rooney's famous for. So that's a change I would make. The second thing, I'm going to speak to the offsides line. I'm not a big fan of this one. Um, And the reason why is, you know, when you see the offsides line, it forces a scrum has to be, it doesn't encourage them to harass their opposite nine. Right It doesn't put scrum halves under pressure as a matter of fact, you saw quite a few scrum halves just stand off in defense. Well, what's that do? That creates less space. It creates less of a likelihood for an eight-man pick to go to a nine, right? Um, so I think it for me, it stifles some of the creativity around the scrum that I like to see as a as a you know Lucy in a number eight. and then yeah. Uh, yeah, and I just want to speak to one more. Uh, the red cards uh, here again, um you know, I do think it penalizes, like Ty said. Uh, the team rather than the player. Uh, my concern is that what do you do for really egregious violations? We've seen red cards in which there might have been a high tackle that's, uh, that that was was high. Yes. Should the player be off? Yes. Uh, but it's not that egregious as opposed to a player who can't control themselves and throws a punch. Now we should see something that, okay, uh, captain didn't do his job. Something got to that point where a punch was thrown then it should be something that the team perhaps suffers a consequence in order to discourage such dangerous play.
0: I agree and disagree with that last one. And I'll tell you why mainly because I don't think it really addresses the f- initial thought that you had is that the difference between punishing the player versus the team, because the team would still be the the one most to suffer. And then for those really, really bad cases you have to be able to trust the you know the judgment post game the citing commissions not that we have one available to us but there has to be consequences after when it's reviewed and on field decision can't make that the the highest and harshest penalty will come from a committee not from a referee
3: i understand that except for this got some that. Co- yeah yeah exactly i think there's got to be some consequence for the team that engages in the in in foul play Right. There's got it. I mean, we saw it in the L.A. game. It was very chippy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, fortunately, the the, the the official was able to communicate to the teams and calm tempers. But let's say it got out of hand and somebody threw a punch. You know, there should be a consequence to that on the team, because that was I mean, we, if you right. watch the game, it was very much a, a, a team activity. Right. There was not. So I am yeah, think players like, should be like a yellow red.
0: Yeah, so there was one matchup this 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 past weekend, and I can't remember which one it was. It was a red card offence. Um, man, I I wish I knew who it was. It was a number nine off the side of the scrum. A ball dropped to the to the floor, and he looked. He lunged forward to be able to punch the ball forward by foot, right, to kick it forward. But at the same time, a player was traveling downward to be able to cover the ball, and he struck him in the face. Clearly, the player was going for the ball, but it ended up being a red card. So. Yes, I understand. By the, the letter of the law, he had kicked a player in the face. Is that any different to a punch? It, yes,
3: well, in there's that intent. particular case, there's, that's the, why yeah. you have TMO. I mean, that's why you go We don't to have TMOs, We well, don't
2: yeah, well, no, but I, there's also the intent. If right, the ball's I, there, and you're – no, but if the ball's right. there – you, you have the opportunity to kick it. If somebody has to, happens to be going down there and you strike them in the face, it, there, the intent wasn't to kick him in the face. The intent was to kick him in the ball. When you're coming right. in like Mahoney came in for Ireland with the chicken wing on the ruck, you meant to hit the guy in the head because you stuck your arm out to do it. Right. But then, but that's then, where, then to well, that
0: point, if his intent in this particular case was not to be able to strike the player in the face with, uh, by kicking him, he was going for the ball, wouldn't that have been a yellow then? Because the intent wasn't there.
1: I think the and new laws a letter of the law
0: says it should be a red.
1: I think the new laws are actually to take out the intent of if you look right. at the direction that like the southern hemisphere has gone and they actually implemented this in their super rugby as well and it seemed to work really well to be perfectly honest. Right. You know what I mean like they t- have taken out intent and said here are the red card defenses what mitigates it? Are there mitigating right. factors? It's Are,
0: no longer left up to
3: to interp- largely
0: to interpretation.
1: There's no there's yeah. no referee interpretation.
3: And 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 that's yeah, but I think that's what I struggle with is the fact that you know, you know they have to look at intent. I think that's a yes. Look when you when you reach across and pop somebody like think about back to that Australia game where, where the Australian eight it was back in like the, the late nineties where he just started waylaying Frank Bunce. That, yeah. I could tell I you one we just that, that just was happened. A freaking intentful red man's off team's a man down. There is no place for that, an excuse for that, right? But we're talking from England was giving a guy a the forearm dangerous to the face. Yeah, you know, dangerous play. Give him a yellow red. He's off, he's out. Let the let him be cited by the league and their ability to review. And the team's a man down for 20 minutes but they can replace after some time and the message is sent on the field during the run of play.
0: Yeah. and It's interesting, you know, we kind of strayed into a different topic there about the red card and the intent. But, you know, as the league is now implementing these laws, you would have to imagine that they have to stay as close to the letter of the law as possible. So it remains to see how it will evolve. Um, but I wanted to circle back around to some of the other ones very quickly to be able to get a, an opinion on, from each of you. So the one that Alminta had spoken about that we didn't really dig into was the automatic seven points if you score under the post or in the line of. So what does this mean, right? So if you're not familiar with really what I'm talking about, essentially it is a try that scored is five points. You normally would have it set from that mark going back. The kicker would take the extra two. So is there a room for error? Absolutely, because you still have to have a kicker involved. You've now removed any of that opportunity for error, and they get the automatic seven. The second half of that is those additional two points are then awarded to the person who scored the try, which is a second very, uh, uh, layer to that To that there. So we know how our mentor feels about that. Scott, you said you're not in favor of it. I want
2: to know why. Because I think it takes out the human error portion of it. I mean, you know, at some point, a little wind can come and move that ball off the tee a little bit, and the guy can shank it. Um, as far as the, the second part of that, the points thing, I'm a prop. I could care less who gets the points, as long as we scored the points. You know what I mean? Um, so I, and for me, to to for people to even say that, like we had we had heard from certain from certain people that that some people on some teams were complaining about that. Man up! If you score, you scored the try, or if somebody else scored the try. Man up! That you didn't get the two points for the kick. But again, I think it takes out the human error. And again, ninety nine point nine 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 percent. That point zero 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 one percent can still happen,
0: you know, and that would be the game changer too. Yeah, we've yep. all seen it. It, it, it. You know, the guy runs in, slips and falls on the, on on the run up because uh, it's a wet pitch or a loose soil. Things yep. happen, right? Yep. And, awesome. and that's what makes the well, game interesting. And, I mean, and quite
3: frankly, I mean that's kind of why I'm a, I'm a little ambivalent. I mean, it doesn't bother me that much, but in thinking about it a little bit, one of the things that I do think is interesting, go to that exact situation except now the player that's running under the post, uh, he's trying to get himself two extra points just to right. you know, um not to pad his stats, but you know, trying to get himself two extra points and he slips and goes uh, you know out the back end. Right? And now all of a sudden yeah. no try completely changed the game so i guess that's a difference in style though because it's not different to what
0: some players would do i remember when i was told whenever you have the opportunity while playing to put it under the sticks you do so definitely
2: but here's the scenario i see though let's let's just say this weekend rooney nola right let's say nola's running i'll be at that game by by the way yep um (laughs) let's say nola's down by seven right let's say nola's down by seven they they take they go for a break and they got a nice breakthrough. What's stopping the Rooney player from just running side by side to make sure he doesn't score in the middle of the sticks and just force him to score in the corner and then take the conversion? You
3: know what I mean, so well, then defensively, it's, it's quite why frankly, would you? It's on the Nola play and Nola, rest of the team to follow up and support so the man can. You no, know, no, I know, I know. But what I'm what I'm saying on the defensive? But on the defensive side, if 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 that's you know what
2: my point is, it doesn't. It doesn't go with the aggressiveness of a defense you want as a rugby
3: as a rugby team, a rugby player. If you want I, I don't think I don't think defensive players are thinking that way. Yeah, You're going to try right. to prevent them from scoring. There's, I mean, look at some of the quality kickers that we have. I mean, uh, was yeah. it Robertson from OGDc had a phenomenal weekend? Uh, you know, with the yeah, Bo- but you know what, uh, it could Carl be Meyer yeah, but it could be windy like San anywhere. Diego. I
2: understand, but, it, but you could know, have just the win like San Diego.
3: I don't think defense uh, players running a defense fullbacks are thinking about stuff like that when they're running back. They're thinking about stopping the guy from scoring. That's it.
2: I'm, a, you I'm telling you, we'll but see when I, that situation happens what the knowledge is.
1: I agree with Scott actually because that actually almost happened this weekend. Like, if if OG had stopped Nola from scoring under the sticks, we would have mm-hmm.
0: won. Right. But they didn't well, score under the sticks. Correct.
1: Or, sorry, sorry, <laughs> wrong try. <laughs> um, but you know, but you heard I'm saying, like, it, you know what I mean, like.
0: Yeah, it it can make a difference. I mean, sevens is when I think about, so sevens players will often run on the inside line of a player who scored on the outside to prevent that charge inward to put it under the post. Now, I understand why, because they have to drop kick and that's very difficult to do at a stronger angle. These guys don't have that. Right. And they're trained kickers. They will kick a thousand balls to do so. You know, they will enjoy the easy points, but they won't be challenged by being on the outside. Then I go, Oh no. Um, so it's interesting. You know, again, it comes down to tactics. If I was the coach, I would say, look, don't worry about the defensive. Just stop the guy from scoring the try. Don't care where he's going to score. And then, you know, and then the second half, if I get one of my players to cross the white line, I'd say put it down. Don't run it inside. There's that's an opportunity for error again. So, interesting points, differing opinions there. We kind of split on that one, it seems. I do want to, before we finish the segment, I don't think we gave quite enough time to be able to talk about the offside rule that Scott had highlighted, sorry, that Rob had highlighted for us. So, Rob, perhaps now's an opportunity for those that aren't familiar with the rule or the law, as it may be best called. What are you talking about?
3: So the when the nine feeds the ball in, that determines the offsides line. So therefore, even though the ball goes back to the number eight's feet, the scrum half, the the defensive scrum half, has to stay on his team's side of that that line where the ball was fed. And so basically, they can't harass the opposing number nine or number eight that's got the ball at the feet. Uh, and so we saw, you know, number nines would stand off about three meters to five meters away from the scrum in order to prevent that pick and pick and go right. by the number eight. And eight, now closing a seven. channel of attack. Yep. Exactly, exactly. Right. And,
0: you know, r- r- scrummies are famous for this. It's almost like you're, you're changing their personality, right? Because <laughs> right. they're they're meant to be in the middle of everything. They're meant to get in your face. They're meant to be on your heels on every occasion. And a lot of that has now been removed,
3: right? Um, and, and and sorry to interrupt, but part of the art, when I was a number eight, part of my art was uh, was always, okay, If if I know my number nine is going to pick it up, I would open up my hips away from the opposing number nine, perhaps even, you know, accidentally step on his toes a little bit, make him uncomfortable back there because he's harassing my number nine. I mean, that's to me, that was part of the fun, the fun aspect about playing number eight. That's part of the gamesmanship, right? Right. And to take part of that away, I mean, that, that, maybe I'm a purist, but. Uh, to take that part away, thats that, that was a fun part of the game.
0: So with that in mind, Scott, let me ask you, there are those that look at that rule and go, okay, well, look, here's the upside there, is that now you have an opportunity of 10, ten meters, five to 10 meters pro, uh, channel or space leading up to the offensive line, or sorry, defensive line that you didn't have before. Mm-hmm. This will be opportunity to be able to run your set plays more evenly because you have more time before reaching that contact point. What do you think about that?
2: And I think that's exactly why they're doing this rule is to open up those set plays in the back line. And you could equate it almost to what hockey does in their overtime hockey. When hockey NHL goes into overtime, they play a three on three game and opens up more ice for you to score a goal and you can, it makes it look better. So they're looking to have that attack through the back line instead of, you know, having, having that scrum half on scrum half violence where the pass isn't as crisp out. Um, so I do think they they they're doing it for a more exciting game. I don't think it really has any safety concerns, but I do agree with Rob. This this is like a through line through a lot of the law trials is they're taking away the cheekiness of the game and and that's the fun part for all of us guys, you know. It it was always, you know, um mm-hmm. a, a, Again, like Rob said, just give it, giving giving it the hip, the, giving the hip to the opposite scrum half just to to get him off his game, which is an bit, art you know?
0: form in its own right to be able to do it with subtlety that mm-hmm. the ref doesn't know it's happening but everybody else does. <laughs> um, and, and, and it is an aspect of the game that I'm afraid the art of the scrum will continue to die a slow death in this direction. Um, you know because there's been conversations about its impact in the game and now with with the re- the reduced strategy that it has uh, impact that has in the game with the f- the feed being different the position of the scrummy being different the uh how many times you can you could reset the, the you know the choices you can make on certain parts of the field you know i guess here's the perfect opportunity to be able to swing it once around the table and i'm going to ask on each of these laws yes or no for it or not for it. And uh, we'll close out this round there. So we'll start where we started this round before with our minta. So when it comes to the offside law with feeding down the middle in the scrum, are you for it or against it?
1: I'm for it. For I, it. I feel like that. Rugby union is at uh, the scrum as a large part of it. And those cheeky number nines are fun to watch. They put pressure on the scrum and the scrum, it's just it's part of the game, and right. I feel like if you start to take that away, it loses some of its magic.
2: Hundred percent. Okay, I like that, Scott. Your response? Uh, I'm for it. I think scrum halves get enough, you know, stuff. So I th- I'm for it. I think it opens up the it it opens up the possibilities of, of cleaner backline play. Okay, so you like the space, the extra space there, the set play opportunity. Correct. All right.
0: Uh, uh, Rob, I know we gave you plenty of opportunity to remind us again, your final stance. Now I'm having against, heard what you heard.
3: I'm against it. I, I like that uh, little bit of battle between nines at the back of the scrum. I like uh, the okay. number eight being involved. So um, I'm against it. I say go back to the, the standard that's been that way for.
0: All right. I'll ask you, years. though, in quick response Yeah, short answer, the, the seven points automatic, uh,
3: yay or nay? I, I could really care less. It doesn't okay. bother me one way or the other. Never scored any points. No, <laughs> oh, listen, hey, hey, no, 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 no. But the, the, you remember when they changed a the penalty try to an automatic seven? That's true. Like, That's true. You know, I remember coaching a game. They never told us at the high school level, "Hey, we're gonna make, we're gonna trial these laws." I never got an email. Never got any notification. All of a sudden, they score. They mar- we have to march back and kick it. I'm like, what the hell happened? And uh-huh. then you know, the uh, referee explained it, and and I was upset then. Now it doesn't even matter. So right. I get you. I get you.
0: Yeah, just becomes a part of the norm.
3: Okay. Right.
2: So Scott, final answer on that one. Um, I I'm not a fan of the seven points, and here's the difference with the thing Rob described about the penalty try. The penalty try is supposed to penalize somebody for clearly blocking the points that are going to be scored, versus just giving it points to an offensive play because of where you spotted the ball. That's where I think there there is a difference between the seven for penalty and seven for this.
3: Yeah, I recognize that. Remind me
2: again.
0: What was your answer on that one?
3: Yeah, I, I'm not a fan
0: of it. Oh. Not a fan. Okay, and uh, obviously we know Raminta, your answer. But tell us one more time.
1: Not a fan. I just I feel like it brings excitement to the game that you're waiting, holding on breath that mm-hmm. your finger doesn't screw up, screwed up even five meters away. Yeah. Snap
0: Getcha. Okay. Quickly, one more time around the table. The kick clock. Uh kick clock thoughts' I'm into
1: um, it speeds up the game, and I completely agree with it.
0: excellent, Scott. what she said even shorter, can you do it, Rob? yes. I like it. <laughs> well, there you have it, Rugby red fans. It is an opportunity to learn more about these new laws, how they will be used, how should they be used in our opinion, and whether we'll find out whether they work or not will come to be at the end of the season. For now, we know what we think about it. We'll continue to watch it as we learn more throughout the season. But before then, let's go ahead and take a quick break as we learn more from one of
3: our sponsors. Tighthead Brewing Company is Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, in the heart of Lake County, owner Bruce Durr and the Tighthead staff will ensure you're kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrub. Tighthead Staff Room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and families can meet, socialize, and enjoy the action of every Major League Rugby Derby that will electrify the 2021 season. Join us weekly for the watch party. vanola Gold this week play host to Rugby United New York. The watch parties will happen every week through the season up to the Major League Rugby Final on August 1st. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst tight end it's worth more than a try
0: and we're back rugby fans of course you're watching the rugby rant this is the rugby debate show where we of course put ourselves and the guests to the test to be able to battle it out and uh, discuss the topics at hand and we are in round two ladies and gentlemen a quick reintroduction to the people on screen my name is Ty Braga above me you got Rob the Hammer Hammer Schmidt Scott the big guy Ferrara and of course Armin Gunkel, who is a super OG DC fan out of curiosity um y- are you a beer or coffee drinker coffee coffee okay so being a big fan if you had the opportunity to have coffee with somebody From OGDC, a player, who would you choose?
1: Oh, that's a toughie. Um, I think it would have to probably be Callum Gibbons.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Uh, Yeah, we've been following him back from his mullet days.
0: From his mullet days. I like that. Former Hurricane? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Uh, The reason I bring that up is we're fortunate enough to be able to do what we do with the help of great sponsors and partners. So that would be rugby coffee. As you saw the mug there from uh, my colleagues (laughs) on the screen, rugby coffee is truly a brand that lives exactly what it says. And when it personifies the spirit of rugby, trust me, they certainly do because they give a big chunk of what they do of their proceeds, back to building rugby communities across the globe and helping it develop across many continents. They have ambassadors as far as Sri Lanka and all the way to more close by in Canada with DTH Funamava being one of the ambassadors for them, who we recently had on this show. Yep. And uh, that also leads me to the opportunity to talk about that guiltini because the topic at hand is to be able to discuss the action over the weekend because we're all excited to be able to learn about rugby, how it took place, what are our thoughts, what are our insights, and we're going to dig deep. But we couldn't do it for all of them, so we picked the one that we know uh, people were most interested in was the much-anticipated debut of the Guiltinis. We're going to start this round as we did uh, before, reminding you that each person has two minutes to be able to rent Should they go over it, they'll get their yellow. If they continue to do so, they may receive the red. We haven't seen one just yet. Maybe it will be Rob Hammerschmidt. So let's hand it over to him to find out what his thoughts may be when it comes to the LA Guiltinis and the Free Jacks.
3: Well, actually, I may get the red. (laughs) Uh, because uh, I'll say this. In spite of the fact there are no uh, fans in the stands in that uh, New England-LA match, I thought the pitch looked phenomenal. I thought the venue looked phenomenal. I thought the camera angles were phenomenal. And um, I tell you what, they, they can manage the fan angles when fans return, but what a brilliant, brilliant sight for the first ever LA match. It was impressive. And I know the guys in the pitch had to have felt like they were in the best stadium ever uh, being in that situation. Uh, I want to talk about and address the fact that um, a lot of people complain about the broadcasting of the L uh, uh, sorry, of the San Diego um, match uh, with Rooney. Um, Look, uh, quite frankly, uh, talk to my friend, Nick Gambino, shout out to Nikki G. Uh, He was actually involved in the planning of putting that facility in place so that San Diego could play there. And what he told me is this is they had about a month and a half to actually get that organized, just having it in Vegas. Right. And there were about five venues to choose from. All of them were turned down by the city because of covid restrictions. So they had very few options in, in place. Sam Boyd Stadium was not one of them because the L.A., uh, sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders control that to play there. At what it would have cost them four hundred thousand dollars in fines. OK, you don't want to take that loss. Um, ultimately, they had a week and a half to prepare the venue that they ultimately allowed to play on, okay? And, and that was after permits were were uh, trialed. That's after, after dealing with all the red tape involved from the health department and, and uh, the the state health department dealing with the state itself. They had two senators and a mayor there dealing with the parks and rec, uh, dealing with all the bureaucracy that they had to deal with to put that on. Uh, they did a lack of a job. And by the way, to a man, I am told, that the San Diego players were ecstatic about the surface itself. They thoroughly enjoyed playing there. Um, And quite frankly, 50 to 60 mile an hour wins, which they were experiencing, I don't care what kind of post you're going to put up there, it was going to be problematic. So give the guys a break, okay? I'd rather see that game from the camera angles it was put on than not see the game at all. Done deal.
0: Right. I think that it's important that you made took the opportunity to be able to let people know about some of those challenges. Because I mean, look, at the end of the day, here's a team, much like everybody else under COVID conditions has had to move and think very quickly and on their feet. And they did a great job considering the challenges and the obstacles that stood in front of them, but they still provided a good rugby product, right? So there are some wins and we need to be able to keep that in sight that rugby started again, wasn't the packaged polished product that you had come to expect, probably not. However, the victory is, is that rugby continued. It was a good game. Right. It was a well thought out, a uh, uh, strategy that, that, you know, that under the conditions they had to make it work, you know? Yep. So yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, there's obviously a lot of difference in opinion. So I'm glad that you addressed that. In fact, let's just continue in that theme and hear what Scott has to be able to share.
2: Um, I, I agree with Rob about the San Diego and the Rooney match. And here's the other thing, you know, with those 50 and 60 mile an hour winds, you can't use a scissor lift. It's unsafe. So they just had to keep the camera on the ground. There's nothing you could do about that. Um, but going into another point that Rob didn't speak about, um, a lot of the broadcast teams weren't on site to watch the match. So they're watching exactly what we're watching. So going back to the Rooney San Diego match, Scott Green had a great microphone on him. He's, he projects his voice. But the wind is howling so much that that's what you're getting on the feed. So you miss things like when he talks to somebody and maybe sends them off, especially when the cameras are on there. So me as a fan, I picked up on the two yellow cards Rooney got, but the broadcasting team didn't. And you have to realize the broadcasting team not only is trying to listen, trying to watch, they also have producers in their ear telling them this is happening and that's happening and this is happening. So it's and not you like they're the just paying attention. You, yeah, too. yeah, yeah you have a a a the referee in your voices. ear and, and sometimes you're just hearing <laughs> because of that wind. <laughs> um you have you're going to have those commu- commit miscommunications and to be honest every broadcaster that broadcast for the mfm um, mlr has been doing this for a while so it's not like they're not professional i mean they i mean down stanford mike powers pete steinberg matt mccarthy i mean those guys are the pinnacle of what we expect out of broadcasters and they did the best they could with what they had um i do think that it's going to get better i do feel bad for the way it went down for that Legion match, but that wasn't the only match there. And for people to compare any of anything going on in the Coliseum to any of the other stadiums, the Coliseum has been around since the twenties. The Trojans have been playing there since the twenties. They've been televising football games there since the sixties. So it's set up for football and the Trojans currently play there. And you know, on, on ABC every week in, in college football season. So you can't compare that to, Aviva Stadium, which just opened up, or the gold mine, which was which was a purpose built baseball stadium, and you have to figure out the angles that now has a rugby pitch, so you know for the people you know saying, "Oh, but the Coliseum, yeah, it's the Coliseum if this is the purpose it was built for, they've been televising events there for forty years, including two Olympics and another Olympics coming up,
0: yeah, I suppose you have to be able to look at it through two different lenses, excuse the pun, right. Uh, but you have to be able to recognize, okay, there's the feed from the rugby network, which by the way, amazing achievement, right? To be able to offer free access to rugby content uh, that is North American focused in that manner has not yet been achieved, right? And they've done it successfully with partners at uh, rugby pass. More importantly, then you have to be able to decide, okay, the additional layer above that is what's going to be the game of the week. The CB what's going on in CBS, what's going out in Fox. So as Rob had opened it up and you had so uh, eloquently also added to Scott is the Coliseum is a purpose-built stadium uh, with broadcast in mind. So yes, its product is going to be more polished. Then you look at the other half of it. And I guess why people are upset is why some people may be upset is the difference between those two different broadcasting standards that begs the question, what is the standard? you know, and, and before we jump and dig further into that, let's hear more from, Arminta, who I'm sure has her own thoughts.
1: I do. I mean, I think that LA knew exactly what they were doing when they picked the Coliseum. They knew exactly what they were doing when they picked their big stars. You know what I mean? I, I think they, they put on a spectacular entertaining show. That's, exactly what they did. I don't think that the San Diego and Rooney game was any less of a game. And I don't just because the broadcasting was a little eh because of, you know, 40 to 50 mile per hour winds, and last minute COVID hoops that they had to jump through. You know what I mean? It's, it will go up, the standards will go up. I, I don't even think you can compare them, really.
0: Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, you shouldn't be putting them in the same category. Um, and I suppose to that point, it isn't in the same category because they clearly said, hey, this is a CBS broadcast quality stadium. That's why we want to be able to put this one on the airwaves. And in 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 similar fashion, you have the Sabercats, who were the Fox uh, uh, game of the, the week, right? Uh, that's a purpose-built rugby stadium. Right. And so they have that in mind. Now, again, San Diego and the Legion game didn't have that. So we recognize that. Um, but I guess, again, it's difficult to be able to answer this one, but it's an important question to ask because other people are asking it. If you knew it wasn't up to scratch, could you have pulled that plug and not showed that game? Or do you go absolutely ahead and do
3: it? Th- no, no. no. That, that's so that's, unfair that's to do the not. fans of Rooney yeah. and the fans of San Diego. Right and completely I, unfair and yeah. and to those people that criticize that feed go pound freaking sand, right? Yeah, I'd rather be able backs, to watch baby. what I saw than than not be able to watch my team if I was in either one of those cities. And I hundred percent to, agree to with underscore my other point, and it's that that um to, to, for those guys that put that on, it was an amazing feat given the short order and time they have to do mm-hmm. all the red tape they had to go through. By the way, the the group that put that on had to beg, borrow, and steal with the city of Las Vegas in order to get the 85 family members to be able to go watch their spouses and their fathers play out on that pitch. So just the fact that they were to put that production on, kudos to them. Go pound sand, folks. Don't watch it if you don't like it. Watch another feed.
2: That, right. exactly. And well, it was why, free, right? So yeah, it's free. <laughs> it's free. And when's the guess what? When's the last time we watched the MLR? A friggin' year ago. So what do you right, got to complain right. about? If you don't like it, need it Watch, watch yeah. Six Nations.
3: People hey, need I, to
0: temper
2: their expectations.
0: Yeah, and I want to pay
3: fifty you would have had to pay fifteen or twenty dollars like two years ago to get that crap that we get from uh what's that uh, Hello, uh, uh yeah flow rugby, right? And you get a, a fee that's just as bad. This was free at least. You can make your well, choice.
0: Exactly. And there's so many victories that that are being overlooked. The fact that, you know, first up is that you could continue playing rugby. We returned to rugby, right? You had the ability to view it, and you could view it for free. It wasn't on a streaming service that was behind a paywall, MLR knows and recognizes to grow the game. You can't put this behind a paywall. And they have exactly. made that commitment 100%. Right, to, to make sure that you can watch it. And they did it in the most convenient way. You could have it on your phone. You could look it up on online. You have access to rugby and it's a home for you. It's not as, as commissioner Killebrew had said in the interview with us, you're not renting your home anymore, right? You're buying that space it's yours to do what you will with it and to share the game in the way that's that's best suited to your your audience lots of wins
1: i but, think also that there were yep. that, that there are also things that were being overlooked the houston game if you guys watched the coach interviews during the houston game they couldn't not figure out how to talk to the coaches And Mm -hmm. you had to have one of the ear things off because the coaches were like, I can't hear you. I mean, they're just going to be bumps. That's, that's all it is. And you know what I mean? It's week one.
0: Right. We're not, we're not suggesting here that it wasn't, that it was a perfect setup, right? No, one's ever going to say that, but you can recognize those challenges and ask yourself, well, is this one that we can overcome or is this really a stumbling block? Well, for 99.9% of them, you're going to overcome that in time. You're going to get better. It's going to get smoother. You're going to learn what your challenges are according to each venue. Now, MLR has not been doing this very long. If you compare that feed to uh, professional sports in the U S or professional rugby leagues across uh, uh, the pond, you can't, it's not a fair comparison, right? And they're paying for everything. All right. Right. So, But what most people want to know, and they want to hear it from you guys because that's why they're tuning in. If there's a bronze, sorry, a gold, silver, and bronze winner on broadcast value and viewer experience, who are they? And I'll start it with Rob.
3: Well, I think LA is the gold standard, right? I mean, but obviously, I think it speaks to Scott's point. Right. It's just that was a purpose-built stadium. They've hosted Olympics there. They've hosted so many football, you know, nationally televised, you know, football games from Rose Bowls to, you know, whatever have you. So um that would be your gold standard. Um, you know, I, I think the Nola game um wasn't, you know, they had some decent angles. It was uh it was from the non um fan side, but of course they want to get all the fans in there. For those that don't know um the actual uh one side of the stadium that doesn't have any stands at all, it's out in right field. Um, you know do you want fans to be able to see fans in the feed or not? So they had a view from that side, which is on the, the scissor scaffolding. Um, and obviously, you know, the the feed from San Diego or Las Vegas was, uh, has things to work on, but uh, kudos to them for putting on uh, the product so we all could see a game.
0: Right. So just to, to confirm, gold is LA, yeah. silver is NOLA, yep. and, of course, lastly is uh, Legion in their yep. uh, temporary venue.
3: Yep, Exactly.
0: Okay, so let's hear from Scott.
2: Um, LA is the gold standard. I put um, Houston at the the silver level. Houston and, and Austin at the silver level. I put the NOLA match at the at the bronze level, um, only because again there was a couple little minor things that they're still trying to tweak there. Um, and then I wouldn't I wouldn't even have the San Diego one medal if you're comparing the three. Um, you know, I think again you it's it comes down to stupid things sometimes like there might not be a plug to plug something in where you want to put a camera position so now you have to finagle 150 feet of electrical cord and a and a you know and a power strip just to get power to some place that you can get a better angle for and which you'll need 20 permits for yeah exactly (laughs) so you know it's again it's it's very easy to do it in a stadium like the coliseum it's very easy to do it if you were in a stadium, you know, in, in, a, in, yeah. in an and, arena. And this is one so, of the good things
0: that, you know, uh, the guild the Empire will take a lot of flack and a lot of criticism, but it does provide a really great uh, vision of what they are trying to achieve, right? Now, we might not see that vision right but you know when we all spoke about the coliseum you're like oh my gosh how much criticism was it oh it's a massive venue the optics are going to be terrible well no one's got anybody in in stadiums anyway so the optics there whatever right but they've signed a five-year deal because they knew that if their tv product is good their reach is good they're in a, a, a massive media market and if they can sell the brand of rugby to a wider audience, they'll make much more money than putting bums in seats, and they'll grow the brand more more widely so. So there's method to the madness in, in many regard. It's not yet seen. I'm not saying it's the right way to do it. I'm not saying it's the wrong way to do it. I'm saying it's one of the ways to do it that hasn't been done here. So, Aminto, what is your thoughts?
1: Well, obviously, L.A. has got the gold because there's – there is no other choice for that. Um, my silver is to NOLA. I thought they, they're they working with a baseball field, and I think they have done a spectacular job of you can hear the crowd, but they're not overpowering. You can see some pretty good angles for, you know, what they've got. Um, and then I think my bronze actually probably goes to Houston. Um, yep. they, they did a pretty decent job of – kind of getting all around the field um like i said they did mic up some some coaches (laughs) um and it was a good product i mean it was it was you know easy on the eyes and um enjoyable to watch
0: right and that's that's the key is is it all enjoyable to watch That's what this whole endeavor is about, launching the rugby network, partnering further and deeper relationships with with the the national broadcasters, CBS, Sports, Fox, and so on and so on. So it's interesting. You know, gold, silver, and bronze doesn't sum it up perfectly, but it's the best way to be able to quantify a measure of success that measure of success will continue to evolve as it gets better and better. And I believe that, that San Diego will be better next week. In fact, I'm not even sure if they have their broadcast next week just because I can't think of the schedule. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's important to be able to note gold, silver, and bronze. If, if I had to be able to say – it'll probably be LA. Of course, we all agree there on the gold silver, um, probably, um, Austin and, 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 and Houston, um, and taking into consideration all the challenges, I would still put San Diego at bronze. Um, you know, there's so many victories just in the fact that we could, like we said before, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I should say, um, It has been another absolutely cracker of an episode, but I do have to be able to do the dirty work here and choose a winner. It's tough. It's difficult. It always is. It's not Scott.
2: (laughs) I want to take over for you. For X amount of X amount of rants, and I, I get nothing from that, huh? Okay.
0: It's not Scott who will lose. Um I see. I see <laughs> no.
2: Um you know what? Um
0: it's probably gonna be Rob this time. Rob Hammerschmidt, enjoy the win. That's
3: right. They they, they don't I come easily for me, so <laughs> it's been a while right yeah it's it's been a bit of a dry spell you can call me the cactus from now <laughs> on. <laughs> Armita, what we'd like to be able
0: to do before we close out each and every episode is to be able to give our guest the floor for a moment to be able to send a message to somebody important to you friends family whoever you wish to be the floor is yours
1: um i just want to thank my family first off because they put up with me Watching fifty million games of rugby, um, even though they're the ones that got me into it.
3: Um, (laughs) That that's not a sacrifice. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: ask your wife. (laughs)
3: Never
1: mind. Um, And then I'd also just want to say um, shout out to everyone in old glory all the fans i super excited to be headed down to sacred field next weekend and cheer them on for a win
0: nice yes and that will be the first time playing in a new stadium it's going to be interesting and i think correct me if i'm wrong they sold all their like a thousand seats right that they were yeah, allowed to have sold
1: out, well fantastic sold out. COVID-19. Yeah,
0: and it's a good stadium by the looks. I mean, look, we'll be having another version of this conversation when each other team <laughs> now gets the opportunity right. to broadcast from there. Um, but I am I think that Segra is already positioned very well to be a good broadcast venue, given the fact that it's brand new. What is it, like a year old?
1: A year old, and it also, yeah, yeah, it's also
0: home to um, some USL team. It's I can't the, remember um, the name
1: um dc united it's their practice field and the oh no loud in spirit i just messed that up completely you're
0: probably right <laughs> or at least you're closer than i am <laughs> but yeah it'll be interesting and uh, as we move into the next week we will continue to be able to cover it like we do each and every week here on the rugby rant podcast show where you and i and the team can talk all we like about major league rugby And rugby in North America, because we aim to grow rugby one fan at a time and we do that with your help so i remind you if you like what we do make sure you hit that like button subscribe rate review follow do all of the stuff you should do to let us know that you like what we do and it is very simple you can find us under the handle at rugby Rant pod on all social media platforms and you can see us here every week monday for another great episode of rugby uh, run, pass, or kick. And uh, this episode will be released weekly. We'll drop details in the MLR fan zone. So make sure that you look out for our new schedule, which we've adjusted for the in season. My name is Ty Brogan, the host of today's activities alongside Rob, the Hammer, Hammer Schmidt, Scott, the big guy Ferrara, and on behalf of our Mentor Gunkel, we thank you for watching and we'll see you at the next. Well, rugby fans, that's another episode down and dusted. Make sure that you follow us on YouTube, follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages to be able to learn more about upcoming episodes. And once again, thank you for listening to the Major League Rugby Rat Podcast Show.
2: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.